on today's show, find out what show your true colors means. What can you do that takes two seconds and become famous? This is season seven of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. This week, we scoured the internet and other sources to gather totally useless information just for you. Plus, we will answer your question in our mailbag segment and in news from around the world, getting it on while the radio was on. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Wait a minute. Aren't we on the radio as well? Innovations. Ideas. Mm. The Totally Useless Information Podcast presents Inventions. Let's find out at the end of the show. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Bow Wow, how about a dog phone? Dog phone. Dog phone. Your cat or your dog or cat, depending on what pet you have, will soon be able to do just that and call you when this product that's coming out called Paw Call and it's landmark technology that lets pets initiate a two-way video chat. You don't call your dog or cat. The pet calls you. Your dog or cat can call you on the phone. They can actually Zoom call you. There's a button that you put uh, somewhere, and then when the you teach your pet to touch the button, and when it does, depending on how you it set it up, it initiates the call. initiates either an email or a text or, yes, an actual video call, and you can actually have a so, two-way video chat with your pet. So you're at work in an important meeting, and the boss turns around because your phone rings, and you answer it. And the right. boss turns around and says, excuse me, who's on the phone? I told you about the personal phone calls. You always did mention that your wife was ugly, but I didn't realize she was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, so hold on. Now you have okay. You don't have a dog, but you you sometimes your dog sit your kid's dog. Listen, we we have a a a, a dog grandchild named Newman. Newman is we call him Human Newman. <laughs> I guarantee you that Newman would be able to work the chat phone thing. Listen the poor, whatever it's called, poor phone. But I'm going to tell you right now, this is no lie. We had Newman for a week and my son called up and he was talking and my the dog's ears go up and he actually sat up and he looked at the phone and he's staring at the phone and then he heard the baby, my new grandchild, he heard the baby cry and he ran up to that phone and nestled up against the phone. Wow. He is so smart. He's the only dog. We have mirror furniture. He's the only dog I've ever seen that actually looks in the mirror and watches himself. Yeah. That's called a self-checkout of the supermarket. But, you know, I think he's so <laughs> smart. Never mind making the video call. He's Newman is so smart, he probably could set up the wireless network to connect the video phone. I used to do a self-checkout, but then my belly got larger. <laughs> That's right. And then they said, sir, we're closing the store now. You need to go home. Let me do this one. Peter Helen. Helen. Yeah. Of- Nuremberg, Germany, Unser Deutschland. In 1510, Peter Helen changed how people would operate forever. He invented this device that would change the world, and it's called the watch. Before that, there were no watches that you could carry on you. There were clocks. There were clock towers. Clocks were very expensive. There weren't clocks all over the place. But this one simple thing would change everything. 
people could say, meet me at one o'clock. You have a meeting at two o'clock. You get up at six o'clock. Before that, people really didn't even know what time they were getting up if they didn't have a proper, you know, proper clock. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that because I think I've seen pictures of like the, the Romans walking around with sundials on their wrists. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Exactly. And, and you know, that's why they they could tell the time with sundials. Yeah, Nick, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, especially on a big sundial on there. <laughs> and how do they know where they were standing? Wait a minute. I have to stand northeast. <laughs> that's right. And what happens on a cloudy day, right? Do they have like I, a... have it, I have it to stand the northeast. <laughs> As a complete way off, way like from the other side of the ballpark here, a complete tangent here. So in the movie Ben-Hur, apparently, speaking of wristwatches, it was one of those uh, movie mistakes, right? There's mm-hmm. actually, you see one of the gladiators, one of the Romans, wearing a wristwatch during one of the scenes in Ben-Hur, apparently. Yeah, there's a lot of mistakes. There's, yeah. a, there's a, a chariot scene where the, we actually see the crew members in the background dressed in regular clothes. Yeah, it's crazy. But the woke, the woke crowd, you know how much we love the woke crowd. That's right. The woke crowd has changed the name to Ben them. <laughs> wow. Instead of Ben her. Now, I don't know. Have you ever tried to put eye drops in your eyes on your own? Have you ever tried to do that? And it's, it's difficult. Yeah, usually I fill them in my nose, my mouth. Yeah, no, but, you know, people have a lot of trouble inserting eye drops. So because of this, there's an invention. Because people don't have, like, good hand-eye coordination. So this invention is going to help you. A Japanese company called Topcon invented i I know what topcon is and i'll tell you a quick story but go ahead go ahead well topcon invented these eye drop glasses and you're thinking well how does that work they were created in 1991 and they're used by tons of japanese people today the glasses are attached to a funnel that guides the liquid directly into the eye so you're walking around with these funnel glasses to get the eye drops in your eye a proctologist that had a very similar device. <laughs> <laughs> it was for an enema, though. <laughs> what do they like? Put like a bullseye on it or something? So. Yeah, yeah, it's a funnel. So, <laughs> listen, Topcon is a company that makes optics. They used them at the first 35 millimeter camera I ever had when I was like 14 years old. I saved up to buy it. I bought it at EJ Corvettes. Wow. In New York, that store was no longer in existence for a long time. But I saved up money to buy it, and it was a Topcon camera. And later on, I would find out that Topcon is this massive company, Japanese company, that creates lenses and so on. When you go for an eye exam, you're usually taking it on Topcon equipment. Well, there you go. So this make this invention makes sense because they're still dealing with glasses, eyeglasses that have funnels in them to help you put your eye drops in perfectly. Right. I don't believe Topcon makes the rectal version. No. I'm not so sure about that. Though. Yeah, it no, 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 no yes, there it's a subsidiary. It's Bottomcon. <laughs> Instead of Topcon, it's Bottomcon. Yeah. So I'd they, rather be the Topcon. That's you know right. What I mean. <laughs> Is this me now? It's you. Shorthand is actually text language. Really? It's a language that secretaries years ago learned. Now computers have basically, it's disappearing because computers and dictation machines have taken over where a a girl used to come in, or I should say a person Mm -hmm. would come in, and the guy would just speak. And in order to keep up with it, 
they invented this thing called shorthand so that you could write as fast as somebody could speak. Well, it was invented by a man named John Gregg, two first names, John Gregg, so that secretaries right, could write as fast as the spoken word. Here's the cool part. John Gregg was deaf. Wow. And yet he invented shorthand. How crazy. Probably easier for a deaf guy to invent this this than than somebody who who was actually hearing so he probably you know? read their lips as they were speaking yeah. and then wrote in shorthand well yeah. in, in one of our inventions the inventor of the cruise control in your car was invented by a blind lawyer yeah right because right. he was riding in a car and then he realized that whoever was driving was at least i hope he wasn't driving but the person that he was in the car with that was driving was starting and stopping accelerating and stopping he's like oh this is crazy so he so, came up so with wait idea. a second so you've got the deaf guy here inventing shorthand right the blind guy inventing cruise control where's the third monkey <laughs> yeah you're listening to totally useless information with nick and roy so how about this some people sit on the couch and they just can't hear the television so this pillow has come to the rescue it has a tiny opening underneath your ear so that it can capture the sound around you so you can rest your head and fully listen to your favorite tv show simultaneously because if you're laying your head on the pillow one ear is blocked Right. So we all know that one issue that comes with laying on a pillow. So you, you can only hear out of the one ear. So that's why Fuji Packs, no, it's not the name of a porno movie. Fuji Packs created a cube, a cube, a Cuban, it created a cube shaped pillow. Nick, can I please interrupt you for one second? This yes. is so ironic because that same proctologist had a device <laughs> called Fudge Packs. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> The Japanese on, company, bottom by bottom cut. Fuji Pack created a cube-shaped <laughs> pillow that captures the sound around you and sends it to your ear that's resting on the pillow. This way, no more of only hearing the, the your favorite television program or totally useless information with Nick and Roy on your TV, and you can only hear it on one ear. Now, with this invention, the problem is solved. I have a bit of a problem with that. What's that? Because most of the time, the television is at your feet you know, in that direction, towards your feet. Right. Correct? Yeah. So not from side to side. So most of the time when you're laying down on the pillow, you're looking right to left, not up and down, and usually the TV is downwards. This is if you're laying on your side on the couch and you're watching yeah, the What the hell are you watching? Watching the wall? Your <laughs> nightstand? <laughs> Boy, Fudge the... pack is not a good idea. <laughs> no, it's not. Fuji pack. Fuji pack. That's right. <laughs> Whitcomb L. Judson. Yes. Whitcomb L. Judson. Three names. Right. <laughs> so he's important. Yes, yes. He invented something to speed up the process, get ready, of buttoning and unbuttoning your shoes. Buttoning your shoes? Don't you use laces for that? Years ago, there weren't laces. Shoes had buttons. You would button the leather strap over. Okay, and in fact, there are some shoes now that are coming back with that. There's a leather strap and a little stud thing that you stick the leather strap in. It kind of looks like a buckley shoe type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, so you had buttons to button on shoes. He invented this. It would later become on every piece of clothes that we have. It is the zipper. He didn't invent the zipper for your fly. Okay, he didn't invent the zipper for jackets or whatever. He invented it for 
shoes. So wasn't um, wasn't the shoes called spats or something? No. Well, well, spats were covers for the shoes. They oh. were like a white cover that you'd put over shoes. So you had a pair of shoes. You wanted to make it look fancy. You put the spat over it. So you took your ugly old shoe and made it look like a, something fancy with the spat. You just shined them up, put a spat on there. Beautiful. All right. Yep. So we talked about pets earlier. Then, you know, um, your dog or your cat can call you on, on the video phone, right? Yes. Well, there's an invention where someone uh, invented vending machines that sell hats for cats. Hats for cats. Hats for cats. It's vending machines that actually dispense cat hats. And they, they do exist. If you're a cat lover, you might want to make your way over to Japan, the Japanese again, just to get an out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, they could, you can go to Japan and get an outfit or two for your furry friend. Yeah. They have mm -hmm. lots of designs to choose from and will keep those adorable ears warm throughout the winter. Your cat may not exactly be happy about the wardrobe change. But you yeah, sure but it's not would. about the cat, you know. No, it's, it's really not. about what we think. Right? That's right, exactly. <laughs> After all, we're holding them hostage. <laughs> That's right. So you can have a dog phone for your dog to um, to call you and your cat. But yeah. if you buy a hat for your cat, sounds like a Dr. Seuss book here. Yeah. If you buy mm -hmm. a hat for your cat, when your cat calls you, it'll be dressed up and ready to go. I just got to say something to people. I mean, I, I don't dislike animals in any way. Right. But to all of you animal lovers, are you guys for real? You're going to work. You're working two jobs so you can buy now your cat outfits and your dog a phone. This is crazy. That's right. But the thing is, they have these vending machines. So maybe they have, you know, along with the candy vending machine to get like, you know, your, your chocolate bar or whatever. You can also yeah. get a vending machine that has a cat, uh, cat's cat hat. Cat hat. Yeah. Hat for your cats. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, that that's a necessary item. Oh. You really have to have that. Oh, yeah. Canned foods. Mm -hmm. It was a massive game changer for storing and, and preserving food. You know, before that, you basically had to eat it or throw it out. You right. know, that's right. Canned foods gave you the ability to store it. It also gave the ability for ships to go further because they were able to store food that they could eat on the on the trips. Really a game changer. But get this. The actual patent for a can opener wasn't invented till 48 years after the cans were invented. Oh. So before that, people would just stick a knife in there and kind of pry the top of it or basically chop off fingers, probably. <laughs> Who the hell knows how many people got cut up by the can? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, they probably looked at cans and said, no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, 48 years later, somebody invented the actual can opener. What an ingenious idea. I mean, it's a, it's a finger saver. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, you need one of those. You need a cat hat, you know. <laughs> yeah, the you dog need, You need some spats. You need some spats. You're listening to Totally Useless Information <laughs> with Nick and Roy. Really, we really thank you for listening. We don't know why, but we do thank you anyway for sticking around. Uh, How really, many countries, Nick? 64 66 now? countries. 66, 66 countries, countries that are listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy. We can't, we're thrilled. In addition to being all over Canada, coast to coast to coast on uh, eight radio stations across Canada on the iHeartRadio Talk Network, you cannot go anywhere without finding us. You can't get rid of us. Nick and I can't get off a, a, a plane in Zimbabwe without being attacked by a group of people. <laughs> 
I'm glad you finished. And, and that's not even our listeners. That's the people that were trying to right. rob us. But <laughs> I'm just glad you finished that sentence. Nick and I can't get off. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Where do expressions come from? We want to know right now. We want to know right now. So um, we talked earlier about that invention with the pillow where if you're laying on your, on your couch and you can't hear the television, what if you're a couch potato? Mm-hmm. Couch potato is the expression, and it means you're just idle and just laying about and refers to someone who watches a lot of television. And it was a phone call from a man who, who so this guy's girlfriend said, listen, she told her friend, he's on the couch like a potato. She looked over over there, and Dirty was on the couch, and then everyone just started to laugh. So it was first used in the 1970s by comics artist Robert Armstrong. He drew lazy, sedentary characters that he called couch potatoes. And from there, the phrase became extremely popular. When you want to talk about somebody who spent so much time in front of the TV, they were more like a vegetable than a human being, the couch potato. Yeah. A potato takes a lot of uh, abuse, you know. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not too happy about that. Why not just a, why not a couch, couch carrot, or or a zucchini? Nobody messes around with the zucchini, you know. No, if you use they never it. mess around with fruits or vegetables that have a phallic look to them. No, they don't. You know, you ever seen that Peroni's commercial with the bent carrot? That's a story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a, a story for your proctologist. Yeah, it's not a personal story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's make that really clear. It's not a personal let's story. Let's make it clear. I'm broken. I'm not broken. I'm bent. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what? I can attest to that. Yes. After forty plus years of friendship, you're bent. More than you could shake a stick at. Nick. Oh boy. Yeah. What about it? More than you could shake it. More than you could shake a stick at. You heard that saying. It's more than I could shake a stick at. I can't tell well, you how many, how many times I've heard that expression. More than I can shake a well, stick I at. I bet you've heard it more than you could shake a stick at. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Don't spit the liquid all over the <laughs> That's right. I took a sip of water just when you told that joke. My gosh. I have to clean everything now. <laughs> you were saying. Okay. Sheep farmers. You ever, you ever seen sheep farmers? Nah. <laughs> yes, I have. I've seen sheep farmers. Yeah, that was like a pitcher throwing a slow fastball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sheep farmers had herds, and there was usually one herder per flock. But as the flock grew larger and larger in size, they'd need another herder because they would use screaming and shaking a stick to scare the sheep into a herd. So they needed more, and the guy would say, hey, I need another herder because there's more than I could shake a stick at. Wonderful. That's that a, cool? It is. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> How about mulling it over? Ooh. So when Roy yeah, and I sat down, over. yeah, when Roy and I sat down uh, a few years ago now and 160-plus uh, episodes ago, we said, let's sit down and let's uh, create a show, a totally useless information show, and we mulled it over. Let's mull it over. The original use, I went a long way for that short trip. Uh, the original use of the yeah. word mull was used to describe the grinding of a mill. The phrase can be tracked to the 1800s, and it's believed it's related to the figurative mulling, to grind to a powder. 
Maybe it's a stretch, but the literal and figurative turning over of something seems to be where the idiom originates from. So it's an idiom, not an idiot. Yeah. That's us. This is an idiom. Just as the wheat is turned over in the mill, the choices are to turn over and examine until the conclusion can be reached. So mulling it over kind of puts that all together. All right. I'd like to shake a stick at your head. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mull it over and let you know if I can allow you to do that. Okay, so anybody that understood what Nick just said, uh, I'll give you 10 bucks. Okay. <laughs> Nickandroy.com. All Nick did was throw together, string together a bunch of long words. <laughs> and I mulled it over. i tell you the truth. It made absolutely no sense, Nick, but you look very important. <laughs> that's, that's the main, that's what, that's what counts. Yeah, you sound intelligent. I'll tell you the truth. I even for a minute thought you. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded surprised. <laughs> Ooh, boy oh okay. boy so my teaser was show your true colors right now you, again another saying that people have heard you know why don't you just show your true colors meet show us what you really who you really are right. you know mm -hmm. so maritime naval ships would fly different flags bunches of different flags of different countries as to confuse the other ship that was that 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 was sailing next to them and so they they wouldn't know where they were from so let's say you were from england and they were from spain right they would fly the english the american and the spanish flag so that you really didn't know who they were so it took you time to think whether should i attack this ship or should i not attack this ship but there was one rule and that was a naval maritime rule that said you could not fire your guns on your ship unless you were flying the true color of origin of your ship. So in order for you to engage in the battle, you had to pull down the fake flags and hoist up the real flag, and then you could fire upon that ship. So you, in order to do that, you had to show your true colors. I love that one. That's awesome. See, that's one that you write down. That's why we, we encourage everyone to, that listens First of all, thank you. Listen exactly. And, and you know what's really funny about it, Nick? What? I mean, I said it in English without using a bunch of big words. And it made sense. <laughs> That's right. You can mull it over and then you can write it down and then share it with yeah, your friends. I'll tell you this much. It takes the cake. Takes Ooh. the cake is the expression. Takes of the cake. This is a good one. In ancient Greece. A cake was yes. awarded to whoever stayed awake during the all-night party or listening to totally useless information with Nick and Roy. <laughs> if you can get through a show, we give you a cake. That's right. And a cute and a cupy dog. And a cute <laughs> That's right. And a uh, and a dog phone and uh yes. <laughs> and a funnel. And a <laughs> you can place, right. place in any orifice of your choice. That's right. We won't judge. The expression was later expanded to include any prize winning. In 411 BC, the playwright Aristophanes wrote, In craftiness, we take the cake. So if you win a prize, what's the prize you win a cake? You take the cake. Yeah, I like a cake. Everybody likes a cake, Nick. Yeah, who doesn't like a cake? Oh, I love cake. So that was ancient Greece? Yes, said? yes. How ironic. Spill your beans, Nick. Spill the beans. Okay, I've heard that before, sure ancient Greece where the Greek senators would vote on things. So they would have two different color beans, one bean for yes, another color bean for no. Right. On the vote. 
So they would take these beans, they would walk over and they could hold them in their hands so nobody knew who they were voting for and they would drop them into a container. When the voting was finished, one person would walk over, spill the beans onto the table and count them. So they'd say, okay, let's find out who won, spill the beans. I guess another way to interpret that as well is like if someone inadvertently spilled the beans because sometimes when the expression can mean has many meanings many uses right because someone who like spilled a the funnel like, like a funnel. <laughs> that's right has many meanings and many uses so, you put that funnel in the wrong place you could spill the beans yeah, that's right <laughs> not only that but you need to get a new doctor no so hey wait if, a minute i just thought of something yes if you put that funnel in your ear you don't need that pillow <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just make sure you wash it. Yes, Nick exactly. Nick had that funnel beforehand. <laughs> you never know where it hasn't been. So, so, so the other expression would the other meaning for that expression is someone who like inadvertently spilled the beans, like they told the secret they weren't supposed to say or tell, and so they yeah. spilled the beans. So they kicked it over, and they weren't supposed to do that. So don't do that. No, no. Now no. we've heard this expression: drank the Kool Aid. And the yeah. phrase drinking the Kool-Aid refers to the, the um, fellowship of, really in the worst kind. It was coined after a delusional pseudo-guru named Jim Jones. Oh, well, yeah, I remember him. And he Jonestown. Le he led his, his uh, cult, the People's Temple, to mass suicide. It's sad. Over 900 people, yeah. including 304 children, killed themselves by drinking a vat of grape-flavored drink laced with cyanide. Right. And so even though it's a really tragic and it's sad part of our world's history, the media reported that Jones used Kool-Aid as the vehicle for poisoning the flowers. And ever since then, the expression, drink the Kool-Aid, has been used to refer to reckless devotion. However, Jim Jones did not use Kool-Aid. He used Flavor-Aid to mix this deadly drug with this. And so, even though the expression is drank the Kool-Aid and they thought it was Kool-Aid, it wasn't. But Flavor-Aid is what Jim Jones used. The funny part, too, is I watched the whole uh, big documentary on it. It was an excellent documentary as well. I didn't know that senators had gone down. There was a whole lot of stuff going on. And um, he, most of the people did not willingly drink the Kool-Aid. That's the ironic part of the whole thing. Most of them, they were injected with it or forced to drink it. Very few of them were that psychotically devoted that they did it. So a lot of people didn't want to, and they, they were killed. And most of the kids didn't even know they were getting it. So really sad, sad story about a psychopath, yeah. you know. And um, so thanks for bringing that uh, horrifically depressing news up. <laughs> wow. Listen, laugh, and learn. So if you and Nick was one of the few uh, only people that got out of James. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I drank 7-Up instead. Yeah, in fact, yeah, he was the one walking away with a juice box. <laughs> <laughs> wow i love this one nick yeah waking up on the wrong side of the bed oh what's well, wrong with you do you wake up on the wrong side of the bed right well first of all make sure it's your bed but go on you're gonna love this one in the middle ages anything that had to do with the left if you were left-handed you were thought to be a sinister person or demonic mm. anything that had to do with left a left turn in the road was considered scary. I mean, this is crazy. But they were so nuts that most of the time, and all of the innkeepers, if you went to an inn, 
the beds were always pushed against the wall, the left side of the bed against the wall. So you couldn't get out on that side. So they'd say the room is fine because you can't get up on the wrong side of the bed. Eventually, it just becomes waking up on the wrong side of the bed. They don't say the word left, but that's where it came up. The left side was the wrong side of the bed. Right. Crazy. Right, crazy folks. That's I love that. That that's a blow your mind. Nick's, Nick's a lefty, by the way. I'm left-handed. Oh, well, your wife, I believe, is left-handed. Yes. Okay. Yes. Both, First, both, for, yeah, both, both a sinister and demonic. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> oh, come on. So, um, after what, thirty-nine years of marriage? Yeah, can't train her to be right. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, so here's the thing. So the left side of the brain controls the right side of the body and the right side of the brain controls the left side of the body, meaning lefties are in their right mind. That's all I have to say. That's, that's what most lefties say. <laughs> right. You're listening to Totally Uses Information. I try to use that right-handed can opener now. <laughs> <laughs> well, statistically, okay, here's, here's some more information for you, okay? Statistically... More left-handed people die before right-handed people do. And it has nothing to do with anything medical. It's the fact that the world is so right-hand-centric that lefties have to adopt to the right-handed dominated world. So thank you, righties, for killing off lefties. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. exactly. And we still don't feel bad. <laughs> You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Hey, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, we like to give you uh, listen, laugh, and learn is what we tell you. We like to give you as much useless information as we can. And we also have a website that you can go to, nickandroy.com. Not only can you go back and listen to the full library of all of our episodes starting from season one, you can also order some special messages for birthday or birthday. anniversary. Yeah, the birthday anniversary messages. Now we're doing anniversaries, folks. Can't we, Nick and I can't even get a break. That's how many of these things we're doing. Yep. They are the best gift ever. Call well in advance so that we know that we can get, get it in for you. Go on the website, nickandroy.com. Click on birthday message. You're going to see how great this is. We do an actual mini show for that person on the day that they were born or your anniversaries. We make it really special. It's really customized to that person. People are raving. They're flipping out. It's a fantastic. It literally is one of the best gifts that you can get for somebody. Now, for a limited time, too, if you order a birthday message or anniversary message, you and the person that you're sending it to get a free 12-month subscription to our totally useless information newsletter. So, I mean, it's a great, great gift. It's a great. And by the way, folks, you can get the newsletter yourself. Just go on nickandroy.com. Makeitroy.com, click on newsletter, and it's only nineteen ninety five for the whole year. It basically comes down to like less than two dollars. And up here in Canada, we our two dollar coin is called a toonie, so it's a toonie for two loonies. Let me tell you something else, folks. And this is the, the the newsletter is is special because you can literally talk with Nick and I about the show. You get to formulate categories with us, and you get some insider information. And again, it's it's kind of a communication thing. We're starting like a totally useless information family through the newsletter. And you can be part of that. Go to nickandroy.com slash newsletter. Here's some feedback on one of the, the recent birthday messages. kind of cute. So a mom ordered this for her daughter. Okay, so she listens to our show. So thank you uh, for listening to our show. And she sent one uh, for her daughter. And so uh, this was the reaction. So her daughter called her as soon as she got it. And she loved it. She was tickled that there's actually such a thing. So yes, 
it is such a thing. There is such a thing, and it's nickandroy.com slash birthdays. And she also said that she was so grateful, and she only wished it was longer. So mm-hmm. there are a few minutes long, but you know, there's only so much trivia we can put inside, some useless information. We so can basically put what Nick is saying is we like to tickle young girls. No, we don't. You go to nickandroy.com slash birthdays. <laughs> nickandroy.com. What happens tomorrow is history. Yeah. So Pythagoras. Yes. Another Greek. Another Greek thing. We've had a lot of Greek stuff on the show, including that funnel that goes up. The <laughs> I was, you know, I was going to say. <laughs> I wonder if the if uh, the or Greeks invented the funnel. I'm sure they did. <laughs> you know what? While you do that, I'm going to do some live research here. As you yeah. talk about the, the Greeks, let's find out who invented the funnel. So Pythagoras was a Greek philosopher. Right. One of the things about Pythagoras that actually is in the history books is how much he hated beans. Oh. He hated all beans. He didn't like them. In fact, he forbid his students from eating beans. Maybe the flatulence. <laughs> who the hell knows? Maybe he spilled the all beans. All I know is he hated them so much he actually wrote down that he hated them. But here's the cool part. He hated beans so much that they killed him. Now, not the actual beans killed him, but he was being pursued by the enemy at the time. And he he was cornered and killed. The reason he was cornered is he wouldn't take the shorter path through a bean field. Whoa. He hated beans so much. He said, I'm not going that way. That's a bean field. So he went the other way, got captured, caught, and killed. So basically, the beans killed Pythagoras. Wow. Well, let's go back to the inventor of the funnel. It was St. Elmo Lewis from St. Elmo's Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he didn't draw a funnel. He drew a scale, but the concept was basically the same. He believed as a traveling salesman that if you got the attention, interest, and desire and conviction in the mind of your audience, you outweigh any objection to the sale and you'd be the one walking away with the sales. So how this came to be, you know, for him to invent the funnel is hard to say. But he's the guy, St. Elmo Lewis. Maybe the Greek philosopher put the funnel on a chair and <laughs> sat down. <laughs> That's right, he did. Folks, where's the funnel? <laughs> <laughs> I seem to have lost the funnel. <laughs> so, what? No. <laughs> so we know that Walt Disney had the idea of Mickey Mouse. And he also provided the voice. But the imagery of, of Mickey Mouse was created by animator UB Iwerks. He came up with all the iconic features. So when you look at Mickey Mouse, what, never mind Walt Disney, he came up with the idea, but the actual animator was UB Iwerks. Yeah, because, because Disney originally came up with Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Now, folks, we, we have all this useless information actually in our heads. Yes. So so that, you know, we didn't even look this up. We, we actually think about these things. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit was, was Disney's first animated cartoon. It was a disaster. The Oswald was, was on, on a boat. And this other artist who was working in Disney's garage took Oswald and turned him into a mouse, put him back on the same boat, and called him Steamboat Willie which eventually his name becomes Mickey the Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Because of the alliteration. 
Now, if you also visit one of those um, websites, uh, you know, Steamboat Willie could be something else. Yeah, the old funnel Steamboat Willie, they call it. <laughs> the old funnel. <laughs> Brought to you by Nestle's. So, what, what a great segue <laughs> to yeah. Santana Dharma. Yeah. Santana Dharma, or the Eternal Way. Okay. It's the oldest religion in the world. It originated, so we went from fudge-packing funnel man yeah. to Santa Dharma, the oldest religion in the world. It originated between 2300 and 1500 BC. Remember, folks, with BC, it goes the opposite direction. Yes. That one one time Nick and I had to look it up on the show, and we look like two idiots, Yeah, which we do basically every week. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's why we call it totally although, useless Although he's a lefty, so he looks more ridiculous. Right. Exactly. More sinister. <laughs> anyway. So 2300 to 1500 BC is when, when it originated. It would later be called Hinduism. And it would reach and spread to millions around the world and still is one of the major religions in the world. But it is the oldest religion. It was originally called Santa Dharma, meaning the eternal way. I like that. Wonderful. Now, let's yeah. go back to Walt Disney for a moment. Um, he died in 1966. With a funnel. No, 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 not at no. all. Nothing to do with the funnel. There was a widely spread myth that his body was cryogenically frozen in the it's hope. Just his head, right? Well, just while well, it says his body, so it didn't say anything specific. But when technology would advance enough, he'd be revived. Yeah. Well, no, that myth is not true. Disney was actually cremated, so the other way around. He wasn't frozen. He was cremated. Oh, wow. I guess they were just goofing around. Maybe somebody hit the wrong button. <laughs> I thought you said put him in the fire, not the freezer. <laughs> and they were playing fire and ice. Go figure. <laughs> They're both Fs. <laughs> boy, is he, boy, is he F. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking about religion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to hell in a handbasket. The oldest Bible in existence is called the Codex Vaticanus. The reason they call it that is because it sounds real cool. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Oh, yeah. It's called the Codex Vaticanus. It dates back to the fourth century. It is actually made and written on parchment, which is really wild. Yeah. And it is preserved and housed to this day in the Vatican Library in Vatican City, Italy. It's from the 4th century, the oldest existing Bible text. That is really cool. I use parchment paper when I use it when I bake, but that's a different story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. okay. He lost... <laughs> yeah, for some fudge cookies. Yeah, fudge, Nick <laughs> likes them fudge cookies. <laughs> He lost. He, he actually makes them instead of making little dollops. He pushes the dough through a funnel. <laughs> he lost the codes. What? This this former president seriously lost a personal ID number needed is this to Biden. We're talking about no, Biden. No, no, this is not Biden. So I'm sorry to disappoint oh, you. True. Biden doesn't even know he had them in the first place. But go so ahead. this previous president lost the personal ID number needed to confirm nuclear launches. Oh, and not just briefly, for months. The, this is all according to the then chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, 
who called his misstep a gargantuan a gargantuan deal. The process that the president has to go through to launch the United States nuclear weapons isn't as simple as pressing a button and the and the, and the dog comes out. No, that's a different different button. But yeah. the key component for that process, the codes need to be authorized for the launch and right. are never far from the president. The president, President Clinton, he lost the codes to the nuclear. Yeah, because he was launch. busy in the Oval Office using his cigars. Yes, that got lost. <laughs> as suppositories. There's a president that could use the fun. I, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like, the more I learn about Bill Clinton, the more I like him. That's right, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, the world, the United States is going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, don't bother me right now. Monica. <laughs> Come here. She's my assistant. She's going to put that blue dress on again. <laughs> Love that blue dress. Oh, look, you spilled yogurt all over it. <laughs> oh, that's really bad. That's, that's a graphic we don't even want to think about. No, we don't. A blue dress? Come on now. It should be a black dress. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. okay. Louis Le Prince. Yeah. What Not about to be him? mistaken with Prince, the no. singer. Right. Louis Le Prince, the true inventor of moving pictures. We won't get into uh, Thomas Edison because we know he was the fraud of the century. Allegedly. But that's, that's for another show. Right. Louis Le Prince, the actual, and he was a Frenchman, by the way, with a name like Louis Le Prince. <laughs> yes. So anyway, he invented motion pictures. He invented moving pictures, movies. He made the first movie he invented the thing so he made the first movie it was called round hay garden and it was literally a series of pictures of round hay garden it still survives till this day it was 2.11 seconds long but it was the first moving picture talk about a, a, the winner for short film <laughs> well blow me down this was my teaser I will not. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, uh, Roy and I come up with the same fact. And this is the case here because we don't rehearse the show. You know, you might be no, shocked to hear that. Really? So this was my teaser. What can you do in two seconds and make you famous? The world. Oh, no. But How it, crazy is that? It is. So the world's oldest film is only 2.11 seconds long. And yes, as you mentioned, it's the round hay garden scene. But what you don't have is the trailer for that movie. And I do. Here's, no. the tra here's the trailer for the Round Hay Garden scene. Isn't that great? You have the trailer. Yeah, there it is. That's it. Boom. That's it. Done. Because it, yep. it was a silent film. And it was a millisecond long, the trailer, because the whole movie's only two seconds long. 2.11 <laughs> seconds long. So in case you missed it, because it goes by really fast, maybe you're listening in your car and, you know, the light changed. Here's the trailer once again for the shortest film on record, the Round Hay Garden scene. Here's the trailer. Okay. Available. Wonderful. Beautiful. And the award it's goes great. to, could you imagine? And their speech is longer than that. The speech is longer than the movie itself. You know, Nick, in the future when we actually get like the same fact yeah we should pay we should play people let me tell you about my best yes, friend <laughs> <There you go. laughs> exactly 
Hey, listen, uh, you're our best friends. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Really do appreciate it week after week. 66 countries now all across uh, Canada, coast to coast to coast on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Thank you all for your support. You go to nickandroy.com on our website and you can send us an email. All you have to do is go to nickandroy.com and click on Contact Us. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? Sarah from Tallahassee, Florida. Now, how far away is Tallahassee? Sarah, Sarah. Oh, yeah, that's a great song by... Uh, by Starship. Starship. Starship, right? Yeah. Starship, yeah. yeah, Starship. And I think they first started off with uh, Starship, uh, Star... No, Jefferson Airplane. Right, and before that, it was Jefferson Bandwagon. Uh, Sarah from Jefferson. Tallahassee, <laughs> Florida. A long time ago. A long yeah. time ago. Dear Nick yeah. and Roy, thank you for providing much-needed laughter. What, did you see our pictures on our website? <laughs> have you seen us naked yeah <laughs> almost you go to nickroy.com you click on photo gallery by the way I, we had to not hide the pictures like it used to be on the front page of the of our website but if you go to yeah. nickroy.com click click on gallery photo gallery you'll see roy in his underwear <laughs> well it's actually like an advertisement right exactly but yeah so, uh, so we... not um not only am i famous as being uh, one of the co-hosts of totally useless information but i'm also a model for underwear yeah <laughs> yeah he's a model citizen so dick and roy thank you for much laughter we're grateful for people like you to provide some comic relief from the troubles in the world Oh, yeah, there are troubles in the world. So we, we, we thank you for that. We sincerely, all kidding aside, we do our best to, to laugh. Roy and I have a great time uh, doing the show for you, so we appreciate that. But here's our question. We were wondering if you guys have a newsletter that we can subscribe to. So I think the reason why she's asking this is because more and more uh, people are, are putting out newsletters. So as a matter of fact, Sarah, you're in luck because, yes, we did launch a brand-new newsletter. So Roy and I wanted to find a way to get more personal and interactive with you, more than just, you know, totally useless information every week. So we, we put our heads together and got off our butts and our funnels. We went on a dating website. No, no. <laughs> That's right. We, we, we put our heads together and we got off our butts and our funnels and with the help of our staff produced a simple online newsletter designed to go straight into your inbox. So... The goal of our monthly, it's a VIP newsletter, actually, to share exclusive... It sounds so damn dirty, Nick. It does. But we it's wanted one... to get more up close and personal, so we went directly to your inbox. That's right, exactly. And, and we could put a <laughs> smile on your face. So we share exclusive content with you, stuff you won't hear on the show. Uh, make yes. you aware of some contest giveaways and upcoming events as well. So what we're doing right now is we're offering an introductory offer. We're offering you one year of uh, 12 issues of the... Totally useless information VIP newsletter for only $19.95. Okay, now it sounds like an advertisement, but I'm just telling Sarah she's available to do this. Now, if you go to nickandroy.com and you order a birthday message like we said earlier or an anniversary message, we will give you a complimentary 12-month subscription to the newsletter. So $19.95 is really nothing for a year subscription. I mean, you pay more for that stuff for streaming services, and they don't make you laugh all the time like we do. So Sarah... Go to nickandroy.com slash newsletter. Get all the information you need. Yeah, and order a birthday message, and you'll get a free 12-month subscription. That's so right. order a birthday message for somebody that you love because they're going to go crazy. And and it's funny because my mailbag was from, I love this one, Margarita oh. from Mexico City, Mexico. I thought she was going to be from Margaritaville, but no. No, 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 no. Nope. Nope, she's just buffing it. 
<laughs> Jimmy Buffett. Buff. Jimmy Buffet. Jimmy Buffet. Yes. So Margarita from Mexico City, Mexico, said, my dad is an American. He's an expat who met my mom in Mexico City years ago. I got him the birthday message because I know that him and my mom listen to the show. I started listening to the show now. It's really good. Thanks for the best gift he ever had. And I truly mean that. He said it's the best gift he ever had. And he means it. I think that's so nice. And she's and she said, thank you. I look forward to the newsletter. So so that's great. And and her, she'll get the newsletter. And so will her dad. So it's like a double gift for the person that you got the, the uh, gift for. Exactly. So basically for one order of a birthday or anniversary message, you get a almost a $40 value. I mean, again, it sounds like an infomercial, but honest to goodness, the reason why we, we pick these mailbag items is because there's so many If it people... gets any better, folks, we're going to be paying you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so far you're paying us. But thank you uh, for all of your support. Really appreciate it. But we're getting inundated with a lot of these messages that so we figure we share them with you. So go to nickandroy.com to check it out. You know, Nick, I want to say something too. A lot of podcasts and things like that, they have these Patreon things where they ask people to donate and give them money and so on and so forth. Nick and I don't like to do that. No. Nope. If we're going to take money from somebody, we're going to give you something in return, and we're going to make sure that that's something you get is actually worth more than what you gave. Exactly. So today on the show, we talked about inventions. We talked about expressions, and we learned about Don't all. forget funnels. And we learned all about funnels and a little bit of history. It's time. I like a funnel cake. I like a good funnel cake. I you, bet Nick? I bet you do. It's time for the news. Oh no! From around the corner and around the world. This is TUI News. Is this thing on? According to TMZ.com, a Los Angeles Sheriff's deputy is under investigation for apparently having sex on the job. Mm-hmm. Okay. This so, is a cop now we're talking at about. At least that's what it sounds like on the radio broadcast that picked up some of the nitty-gritty. The oh, wait a au- minute. So he's a cop in Florida, you said? Uh, let's see. Does it does tell us which... Uh, a, no. We're told it came from a rookie female deputy working at the Men's Central Jail that night. Uh-huh. It sounds like uh-huh. during a break in her shift... She got uh-huh. into some... Uh, she was breaking in her shift, all right. <laughs> she was. That's not all she was breaking. Breaker, breaker, <laughs> one. Breaker, breaker, 10-4. Breaker, 1-9. Breaker, 69. You know that's where I was going to go, right? Okay, fine. <laughs> so the, the audio, and we, I, I, I was, um, I did listen to the audio, and it's it really, I, you can't tell... It was, the audio is so in poor quality that I, 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 I can't play it for you because it, you don't hear it. But If it was me, you would have been able to tell. That's right. <laughs> but this could be heard over the airwaves this past was a few weeks ago. Now, we're told it came from the rookie female deputy, like we said. Now, law enforcement so sources. takes a break. Right. But leaves her radio on and meets up with. Now, she's at the men's jail. So That's does right. she meet up with a criminal? Law enforcement sources tell this th- that this deputy went out to the parking structure that night, and her bosses believe she accidentally engaged her radio. That's not all she engaged. She engaged in the parking, you called it what, a parking what? A parking structure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Hey, you know where I'm going. I know exactly where you're going. Yeah, <laughs> she talks up my right. Exactly. Call an architect. Uh, she eventually realized her microphone was open and shut it down, but the damage mm -hmm. was done. So TMZ agency launched an internal investigation. An internal investigation. Apparently, <laughs> did an internal on her to make sure. That's right. right. To make to learn more about the incident. Not to mention whether the man <laughs> heard on the audio was also the member of the force. So it's funny it, how the cops use those things in internal investigation. Yes. We better call it internal affairs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they were having an internal affair, all right, outside in the parking structure. And they're not sure if this male member was a member of the force, using his member, and if he yeah. too was on... He was on using the force already. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and if he too was on the clock. Was he? Oh. <laughs> the clock. C-L-O-C-K. Right. We're told potential punishments could range from a suspension to firing. Now, you're thinking, wow. how could this happen? You know, maybe this is the first time. Nope. This isn't the first time. The Los Angeles police deputies have been caught doing the deed while on duty. Don't you love the alliteration? They've been yeah, caught. This is California, Nick. Oh, that's true. This uh, stuff goes on all the time. Something happened similar to this two years ago. Universal Studios and was also caught on a radio broadcast. So save it for the bedroom, folks. So in Universal Studios in Los Angeles, California, yes. they had another deputized law enforcement agent. With a microphone, a, a, a hot mic. That's right. Performing wow. the hot D. Well, that's not all that was hot. But so, so the actual recording, you don't hear the woman, or is it like the Donna Summers album, like ah? No, no. Love to love you, baby. She, the, the, from what we understand, basically, she was talking about his underwear, or her underwear. What? Yeah, they were talking about underpants. Hey, maybe it's the man-made underpants you were wearing. Wait a Made? minute. I'm, that, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a connoisseur of underwear. Yeah, well, what, what, <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. This is where we're going. We're out of here for now. He was talking now. about his underwear on the live mic? That's correct. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So they were they were sitting in the parking structure, as you put it. That's correct. That's not, that's not how I put it. This is how it was reported. You know when that structure was erected? <laughs> <laughs> apparently not for too long uh that's all the time <laughs> that's all the time that we have for this episode of totally useless officer 69 officer 69 <laughs> car car 54 car 69 where are you car 69 we got a reverse cowgirl <laughs> There's, that'll be the title of one of those uh, adult movies, right? Car 69, where are you? Car 69. Where are you? Yeah, there you go. That's all the time that we have for this episode of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. We thank you very much. We will scour the internet and other sources as well as our staff. We'll do that for you to give you totally useless information for next time. And as a special thing, I want to thank Nick and his lovely wife, whose name now is Nick's lovely wife. That's right. <laughs> I want to thank them. It is my wife and I's 38th anniversary. And so Nick sent me this beautiful basket, which I'm not allowed to open until uh, 39. 30, I was going to say 39. Whoa. I thought you said 38 before when I was talking to you. No, no, it's 39 because yeah. it was 84, no, no. 1984. Yeah, it 39. yeah, next year's 
four zero. Big four zero, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we sent them, that basket for them. That's a pretty nice basket. You said. We sent them a nice <laughs> little gift basket as our way of uh, of uh, thanking them for being our best friends. And uh, we have a lot of fun here on the show, but we also have a lot of fun when we get together. So happy anniversary to you and your lovely wife. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Time flies when you're having fun. How many years are we friends, Nick? Forty-two. Forty-two. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. It Isn't is. that nuts? It is. That's he, nuts. It, it is. is. It is. Nuts. I'm friends with Nick as, as long as I'm married to my wife. Longer. It's like a, it's like a double, double homicide. You were saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Fine. Just tell people what to do. Okay. Here's what you do. You go to nickandroy.com. You take a look at our website because it's really cool. There's a lot going on there, folks. Plus, you tell a friend. You tell a friend about the show because that's why we're in 66 countries around the world. And we're we're so popular in Canada now. We're, we're, I mean, the, the, you guys are making it possible, and we really do appreciate it. Please tell a friend to listen to the show. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of nickandroy.com. Visit nickandroy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts.